Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Okay, let's get to the Be Like Jesus series. And you know, as, as we start today, I want you to imagine Jesus repeating himself eight times. When you think about these verses that we're about to read, which I've mentioned over and over again, this was the first section of the first sermon that Jesus ever preaches. And he says the same thing eight times. And what he says is happy. Happy eight times. Imagine all the things that he could talk about and what he chooses to say is happy. We know that word happy is interchangeable with blessed. And when you think about that, you have to imagine, your takeaway has to be that Jesus is trying to equip us with attitude tools so that we could live a happy and blessed life. You know your attitude is a tool. Your attitude is one of the tools that you use to navigate the crazy city that we live in, the challenging times, the challenging world. And these tools that Jesus gives us actually promote mental health. So we've been talking about how this is like a mini mental health seminar that is not just about mental health. It's about spiritual health. It's about spiritual blessing. And before I read, you know, I have two standout um, kind of counseling sessions over the last 30 years. Um, I've, had a, I've done a lot of counseling, a lot of marital counseling. And, um, you know, uh, President Hagen and his wife, Karen, they're our friends. We actually had dinner with them in Florida uh, in August. And Chrissy and I went back and we were like, oh, my goodness, what an amazing time. We're, you know, we were singing that song, Who Am I That You Love Me? We're like, who am I? Who are we that we get to be with such amazing people who love God so much? So it's interesting because the couple, I'll connect it to in a moment, but... I, I, when I was in Omaha, I, was, I, I counseled this couple, and they were both PhDs. And, um, and I couldn't help them. I couldn't help them because it was a battle of the intellectuals. Their whole framework was intellectual. At a certain point, I literally said, stop. I have no idea what you just said. Say it again. So let's take Scott Hagen. President Hagen has his PhD. He probably couldn't be a, 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 the president of a university if he didn't have a PhD. That is necessary. It's a magnificent accomplishment for him to be the president. But you know, a PhD doesn't necessarily help his marriage. It doesn't help his family. Okay, yes, he's, he's a brilliant man, and, and, but we need different tools for life. It depends on what you're talking about. 
Jesus was getting to the, like the, the basic core roots of every time we walk into different situations, he was equipping us so that we could be strong in the Lord, blessed by God, happy in Jesus. How many want to be happy in Jesus? Put your hands together and say, yes, Lord. So let me, let me just read the flow. I've only done one verse by verse, but today I want to read the flow so you could get the, the spirit of this. Matthew chapter 5. Remember, we're reading the Good News Translation because that's what I'm reading right now. And it says, Jesus saw the crowds and went up on a hill where he sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. And here's what he said. Happy, everybody say happy. happy. The word is makarios. And it meant, oh, how happy, oh, how blessed, right? So happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. We talked about happy are the lacking. It says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are those who mourn. Leave it right here. God will comfort them. Notice again, I want to repeat this one more time. The kingdom of God is different from this world. So there are all of these opposites. The most happy people are the people who feel their need of God. They feel, they understand their lack. The most happy people are those who get sad sometimes. Because if you're never sad, even about your sin, then you'll never be happy. Okay, now today, the third one. Uh, is, is as follows. Happy are those who are humble. They will receive, everybody say receive. It's a key word here, what God has promised. The NIV puts it this way. Blessed are the meek. Sometimes people say the meek are weak, but not so. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. And so what did Jesus mean um, by, by the humble or the meek? What is he really saying? The title of the message today is happy are the tamed. Happy are the tamed. People love the word to be tamed. If you want to truly live a happy life, you have to let the Holy Spirit tame you. This smacks against the age-old excuse that says, this is just the way I am. Today we're praying against, this is just the way I am. Hallelujah. How many know just the way we are is not so good sometimes? We need the help of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to pray right now and ask the Lord to um, really meet us online you know, before we walked in here, we were praying, and I was saying to the staff, imagine what the next 30 days would look like if your life was really tamed by the Holy Spirit. Imagine the blessing, the power, the supernatural God moments, the God encounters, all the amazing things that could happen if you were really controlled by the Holy Spirit. This is opposite from what the world says, the world is always trying to declare freedom, 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 freedom. You'll never be really happy if you're not tamed. 
by the spirit of the living God. I'm going to explain to you why in a moment. But let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this word. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit here. Lord, I just ask that you would minister deeply to your people, whether they're watching online or in the room. Lord, we want to be touched deeply today. We want you to have your way, oh God, so that your purposes will be manifest, so that, Lord, your plans will unfold for us. We don't want to go against the grain of your will. We want to be in step with your will. So God, bless this word today. Let this day be a launching pad for all of us as we yield to the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said aloud, amen Amen and amen. Everybody say untamed equals unhappy. That's the way it is. An untamed life long-term is an unhappy life. Here's why. We have to understand this. We are this unique combination of gifting and ability from God that is coupled with a lower carnal nature. There's, um, um, there's the, the God side of us. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory when you're a Christian. And then there's Al Toledo. Okay? So Christ in us, the hope of glory, Great. Al Toledo, without the Holy Spirit, not so great. Because we all have a fallen nature. So even though you may not be tempted by what I'm tempted by, and I may not be tempted by what you're tempted by, all of us, we have these structural weaknesses. Those structural weaknesses must be addressed by the Holy Spirit. Because if those structural weaknesses, if that person inside of you is not addressed, that person continues to derail what God is trying to do for our good and for his glory. So the Apostle Paul said, look, the very things I want to do, I don't do. Because there's the Holy Spirit inside of Paul, right? And then there's Paul. And if you see Paul before the Holy Spirit, he was murdering people. You know, we all have this capacity for ugly stuff, for ugly things. I have a long quote. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just worth reading. And so, so follow along. This is really powerful. Listen, the virtue of meekness can, be aptly, uh, can aptly be compared to the mastery of a trainer over a tiger. If we look within ourselves and study our conscience and reactions a bit, we can perceive the shadowy figures of all kinds of animals who live there and threaten us. We find the proud domineering lion, the bragging rooster, the vain peacock, the flattering cat, and the sly fox. The envious serpent and the possessive bear, the conceited magpie and the mocking monkey. We discover the brutal rhinoceros and the sluggish elephant, the scared rabbit, and the sensual pig. The fierce dog and the gnawing worm and the stubborn mule 
and the porcupine. Anybody know a porcupine? <laughs> Listen, complete self-mastery is a long and exacting work only to be achieved by meekness. What is this saying? What, is, what this is saying is this, is only the Holy Spirit can tame us. The Holy Spirit can make you the kind of friend, kind of worker, the kind of spouse that really brings glory to God and happiness and blessing to your life. And without the help of the Holy Spirit, then we're just on our own. Anybody here ever wreck some stuff in your life? You know, that's what we do without God's help. That's why the first one, happy or the lacking, is you got to know that no matter where you find yourself, you need the help of God. This is bringing it like even deeper now. So let's talk about the definition of meekness. The, de the definition of meekness is the attitude we possess when we're willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and ways of God. It's not just the will of God, it's the ways of God. See, some people want to say yes to the will, but they really struggle with the ways. You see, it's not just the will of God, it's the ways of God. So you, it's good that you came to church, but, but did you worship God the way he wants to be worshipped? It's good that you do A or B, but are you responding? Are you, are you walking in the way that he really wants you walk, to walk? Only the Holy Spirit. See, part of what this does, part of what God, Jesus was saying here is this, is when it comes to your life and mine, we are totally open to have God in full control. So we're totally open to have God tell us how we ought to live and respond all the time. When they, the way they describe this word meekness is like a soothing medicine, okay, not a poison. Uh, a meekness is like a gentle wind versus a hurricane. Sometimes our personality can be a hurricane when it really ought to be a gentle wind. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, now we're getting there. The best illustration, I think, is a tamed cult because a, a horse is an absolutely magnificent animal. Throughout history, it's been one of the most useful animals to, to human beings. It is so incredibly powerful, but only when it's really tamed. But when, the, when it's tamed, it's incredible. What a, I, have you ever watched the movie when you, like in the Civil War? I'm like, how do they get those animals to charge into that chaos. That's the epitome of controlled, submitted strength. William Barclay put it this way. He said, blessed is the man who has every instinct, every impulse, every passion under control. Blessed is the man who is entirely God-controlled. If we can just be controlled 
by God. There's such a joy and such a blessing. And I want to take a minute to unpack what um, tame really looks like in our lives. But can I tell you this week, and I, I want to encourage you to do this. Um, this week, I had two different moments. One, the Holy Spirit won. The other one, the Holy Spirit didn't win. And it's funny because the one where I reacted to something, and by the way, sometimes just, just because you didn't say it, you know, if it turns your whole heart upside down, it's still the same thing, right? Just because you have enough sophistication to, and restraint to like not, you know, cut the person off, you know what I mean? If your heart is all jacked up for 35 minutes, what's the difference? You know? So if you, if, if you get frustrated easily, but here's one of the things I noticed. So something happened that really frustrated me. And what I noticed is this. The minute I yielded to the frustration, I lost my sense of happiness. Instant. This is like on the spot, the minute, the minute that happens... All, it just lifts, you see, and then you gotta you gotta worship your way back into the right space, amen. Start thanking Jesus and quoting verses, saying Hallelujah, you are good, Lord, good, you know all that great stuff. But this is like so real time, so true to your life. And what I want to encourage you to do is with all of the different attitudes, which are really tools. Put them into practice. Notice how they impact your life, and you're going to see how they impact your relationships. Impact oh, When you respond the way Jesus is telling you to respond, even though there might be a side of you that doesn't want it, you're going to notice that the blessing is on the other side of it no matter what. That's the great thing about obeying God. When you obey, obey God, the blessing is always on the other side. So let's, let's talk about, how, you know, what does it really look like to be a person who's tamed? Well, first of all, the tamed see God as ruler. I know that this is like super simple, but it's really true. Who is in charge of you? I had a friend who, I would, who would always say to me, you're not the boss of me. You know, who's in charge? Ruler means that God is in charge and you are under his authority. If you bring it to the horse example, it really speaks to the fact that you have a harness on you. How many know some of us, we really need a harness? You ever seen a harness on a horse? The harness goes all over his head. And, and because you, when you control the, the, horse, the horse's head through the harness, the whole body comes under submission. And man, if we could just have a harness on us. I have a picture. Look at this guy right here. How many of some of us need this contraption? You know why? Because it allows the Holy Spirit to pull back. You ever say something, you say, man, I really shouldn't have said that. You ever have the Holy Ghost go, mm, and you're still fighting with him? We need a harness. 
Your marriage would be better if you put the harness on. Your friendships would be better if you put the harness on. Come on, clap for that, it's true. So if you're married and you went like this, <laughs> definitely need the harness. There's something powerful, long-term, when God is really in control. When you willingly say, I don't want to do this my way. I want to do this your way. It even impacts the kingdom, the spiritual kingdom. Look at what Watchman Nee said about this particular issue. He said, please take note that Satan is not afraid of our preaching the word of Christ yet how very much he is in fear of our being subject to the authority of Christ. You show me a man who is submitted to the authority of Christ, you have a powerful man who is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. You show me a woman who submitted to the authority of Christ, I'm telling you right now, the devil is afraid of that woman. This city needs people who are submitted totally to Jesus. Somebody say amen. Come on, we need to submit to Jesus. You know, I just spoke at Moody Bible Institute um, downtown, and there's this, there's this um, statistic. I was, I'm also uh, uh, an executive presbyter with the assemblies, and they keep talking about young people are not going into full-time ministry. They go to Bible school, but they don't go into full-time ministry. You know why? Because the call to full-time ministry is really hard. You got to really die to yourself and give up things that you could possibly do and money that you could possibly make and on and on and on. I'm telling you right now, I believe our church is filled not just with 18-year-olds, but 24 and 34 and 44-year-olds who are called to full-time ministry. But we have to surrender. We have to yield. Boy, some of you are like, that's not talking about me. Maybe so. You ought to ask God. Maybe so. Is that even an option on the table? Because we need people being released into the kingdom of God. Listen, an untamed mouth, untamed eyes, untamed feet, untamed wallet, they all produce incredible stress. They all impact our mental health in profound ways. Your wallet really is not your own. Amen. Okay, I'm going to bring out the old amen button. Your tongue, your feet, your house, your everything. It's all for the glory of God. Somebody say amen to that. Let me give you the perfect biblical illustration. In the Bible, there was a man named Samson. Samson was called by God from childbirth. God laid out the plan so clear to his parents, to him, there was no question about the plan of God for Samson's life. As Samson grew up, God gave him superhuman strength so that he could be a mighty warrior for the kingdom of God. Samson was so strong, he literally could pull up iron gates. 
He could rip them out of the ground. The Spirit of God came on him and he could tear a lion apart. All sorts of abilities were given to him by God. But when you look at Samson, he had the right call. He fought the right war. But he was always using the wrong tool. He was always just a little bit untamed. For example, on one occasion, Samson killed a thousand people. You know, but he did it with the jawbone of a donkey. Now God told him, don't touch things that are dead. He could have used a stick. He could have used a tree branch. He could have used all of these different things. Out of all the things that Samson had to use, he had to use the thing that God said not to use. That's the way some Christians are. Mightily called of God. Mightily gifted by God. And yet, untamed. You know what Samson's problem was? His untamed nature kept him flirting with the things that would ruin his life. You see, if the Holy Spirit doesn't tame you, you will flirt with things that will destroy you. Some people need to stop flirting. Some people say, God, put the harness on. Stop flirting with the stuff that will wreck your life. When you flirt with that stuff, it captures you. And when it captures you, it makes you a slave. Feels good for a moment, and then you become a slave. It feels bad for a long time. And it's so good to be under the control. Are you flirting with something today? Stop flirting with that thing. Stop flirting with that person. Just let the Holy Ghost tame you. Hallelujah. How many know? Everybody has to be under somebody sometime. Listen, Samson shows us how we could be called of God, used by God, and still be a spoiled brat at the same time. That's what he was. Everybody has to be tamed. You know, it's so funny. So I show up right before I'm going to the youth event on Friday. My wife tells me. So I spoke to Pastor James, and I said to him, Pastor James... Would it be okay if I put him in a hoodie and some sneakers? And I'm like, what am I, six years old? I'm getting dressed. He's like, yeah, put him in a hoodie and some speaker and some sneakers. I think that would be really good. And I'm like, thanks, Mom. You know, let me just go. And, and uh, uh, everybody has moments when you got to be told what to do. That's the way life is. You know, thanks, Mom. You know, I was, I was just getting, man, what could your life be like if you really let God be your ruler? Jesus didn't come just to be Savior. He came to be Lord. He is Lord of all. Somebody, come on, let's put our hands together and say amen. Number two, if they could send out a musician for me, the tamed see God as rewarder. They see God as rewarder. Now, here's what this means. The tamed receive, remember that word receive? The tamed receive through confident submission versus aggressive ambition. Okay? 
What the tame do is they have so much trust in the wonderful plan of God that they don't have to keep going after stuff all the time. Christians don't have to be pushy. We don't have to be ambitious. He wants us to work hard. He wants us to go after the goal. We wanna, we wanna run the race and fight the good fight, but all under the control of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to fight to get ahead because Jesus will already push us ahead in his time, in his way. You can't stop the powerful plan of God for your life if you submit to him. You can't keep a good man down who's submitted to God. You can't keep a good woman down who is surrendered totally to God. No matter what the world does, at the right time, at the right moment, God brings them exactly where they need to be. See, I've always compared Samson to Joseph. Joseph, talk about brothers were jealous, sold to prison, all of these things. You know what the key moment of Joseph's life was is when he's in Potiphar's house, okay? And this is why practice saying thank you to God. I want to encourage you, practice saying thank you to God because look, so here he is running all of Potiphar's home and Potiphar's wife makes a move on him. When his wife makes a move on him, he says, what are you, crazy? You know how kind your husband is to me? He lets me be in charge of all of this except you. I'm grateful for that. Think about all the other people who work for him. My job is different. I, I got a good deal. He wasn't grumpy or gripey and say, yeah, I'm going to get the man back and all that. He said, I'm not touching that. God is watching. I won't touch that. See, grateful people, it's a lot easier to say, I don't need to get what God doesn't want to give me. I want to encourage you to practice worship, practice gratitude. And just know, Lord, I want what you want. Here's the way King David put it. He said, I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Sometimes... You just have to chill out and say, Lord, you know what you have for me. Never ask for the seat of honor. Do yourself a favor. Let them call you to the front. Chill out in the back. Hey, come on up here. Sit right here. That's good. Imagine you sit in the wrong spot and say, excuse me, this is for so-and-so. Just let God be your rewarder. On Friday night, we prayed um, and honored a 27-year-old, I believe she's 27-year-old woman. 20, her name is Danielle. She's moving. She really is a flat laver, but she's, she's uh, moving to Dallas. And... I was so happy I could be there. She's been here since she was a kid. She served in the youth ministry nine years. And we celebrated her. And I was sitting, standing there in the back and saying, wow, this young lady is a woman of God. And you know what? The Lord is, she's not running from anything. 
She's, she's flowing in the will of God and the plan of God for her life. If you wait upon God, God will lead you. He'll open doors. He'll show you the way. That, right, to me, that was something I was like, wow. So beautiful, so powerful, so amazing, even though we're going to miss her terribly. It was like a beautiful example of someone who actually, some, they told me she posted on um, social media that it's a great thing. Imagine being able to say this at 27, to stay in the same place long enough to see the seed that you sow really become into something amazingly fruitful. Come on, that's wisdom from a woman of God. As opposed to change because you don't want to change. See, here's, here's what some people do. Some people make a physical change because the current pressure to literally change is too great. So God is telling me to do something else. And so they move from this place to another place because the truth of the matter is, is they've been in the same place long enough so that people say, hey, you need to change. Yeah, I'm not changing. I'm going to reward myself. Are you running and rewarding yourself? We can't reward ourselves because it's not a real reward. It doesn't help. It doesn't satisfy. No matter how you slice it, the tamed life is the best life. To really be under the control of the Holy Spirit is the best way to go. Look at what it says. It says, um, in, in Psalm 37, it says, But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Same word, Jesus is using the same word everyone who heard understood. Jesus was saying, look, if you, if you surrender to me, I'll give you everything that's good for you. Imagine what the Lord is saying today. If you just surrender to him, he'll give you everything that's good for you. Why would we want stuff that's not good for us? I don't know, but that's human nature. And yet that's why we come to the Lord's house to say, God, I want you to have your way. There are opportunities for us to receive. Everybody say receive. But receive, true blessing is received not by grasping, but by yielding and submitting. By saying, have your way, God. Have your way. When was the last time you had a time of surrender with the Lord? It's a good thing to ask yourself. When was the last time you really like, were like, you know, Lord, um, it's been a while since I checked in like this with you, but I want you in charge of everything. I want you in charge of my career. I want you in charge of my relationships. I want you in charge of my future. I want you in charge of my family. I want you totally, totally in charge. Come on, let's lift our hands to him.